and welcome back to a Friday edition of 30 Rack of Sports. I'm here with Zach on the opinions, Josh on the ones and twos. My name's Greg. We are 30 Rack of Sports. Still enjoying our beer of the week, Grainworks, What's in the Middle, Cookies and Cream Stout. If you didn't check out our beer of the week, along with some Battle of Ohio and college football talk, be sure to check out our Tuesday show of 30 Racket Sports. Uh, today, we're giving you the full college basketball preview. College basketball just started a couple days ago on Tuesday. Uh, some early games for both teams, but getting into the meat of it here, you know, some early non-conference schedules, some big games for a lot of the Ohio teams early, and uh, hopefully a, a fun season. You know, it's nice to kind of have, obviously, the nineteen twenty season uh, was canceled for a lot of teams, either pre- or mid-conference uh, tournament, and the NCAA tournament was canceled. Last year was a weird schedule where a lot of teams didn't get many out-of-conference games. We're finally back to more of the normal college basketball schedule. Uh, first team we're going to start with, the one ranked team in Ohio. Uh, finished the season last year number seven in the final AP rankings. The number 17 Ohio State Buckeyes last year finished 21-10. and 10. 12 and 8 in the Big Ten. Uh, got all the way to the Big Ten final. Uh, lost to Illinois in that final. And then, of course, as the number two seed in the tournament, was upset by the Fighting Bobs of Oral Roberts University, 75 72. Um, some big departures from the team lost uh, their leading scorer, Dwayne Washington, uh, to the draft. Uh, CJ Walker was their leading assist man graduated um did get a few transfers um and uh you know some big guys coming in uh malachi branham uh, a four-star out of uh, a little school called saint vincent saint mary's in um That's in Akron, ohio. ohio so uh zach starting with you uh as far as people incoming uh lost a little bit lost four guys really mostly in washington walker uh you know some solid adds to the team uh you know two four stars from ohio who are you most excited to see for this buckeyes team this year um you know i'm really most excited to see you kind of mentioned earlier malachi branham um you know one top player top player in ohio uh coming out really kind of that combo guard good size a guy who can shoot from the perimeter but also Got a nice mid-range game as well as uh, the ability to attack the basket. Really an all-around score that they haven't had in years. Um, you know, obviously he's a freshman, so I'd expect some growing pains. I don't expect him to come out of the gate, you know, popping out 20 points a game. But I think he'll really open up the offense. Because um, I really like the pieces they have across the board on this team. I think as many people have focused on Dwayne Washington and C.J. Walker's loss, um, I think this team will be even potentially better than last year's team and probably the best team of the Holtman era. So um, he's kind of one of those guys. Another guy real quick is, you know, Jamari Wheeler, the Penn State transfer. Uh, one of those guys who's been on the cusp of a Big Ten play or defensive player of the year. He's talked about it. That's why he wanted to come back. Um, and he's really going to give them finally, where they really struggled was defensively along the perimeter last year. We saw it in the uh, 
the Oral Roberts game, their inability to really play any sort of defense, and that is what he does. Um, he is, we, you know, they saw it. Um, probably a lot of people didn't see in their preseason game uh, that they had was a complete terror. Granted, not playing Big Ten foes, but he's caused Ohio State a lot of problems. So I think he's going to be a, an exciting player. Yeah, I think uh, one of the other big guys, uh, you know, mentioned two of the two of the transfers that you didn't talk about, both of which you'd expect to kind of see off the bench. Uh, Cedric Russell from Louisiana uh, mm-hmm. was a 17 point scorer for Louisiana. Obviously, not top, you know, uh, right? He's top not- competition, but he's a guy that can get some baskets, can run that second unit very well. Um, exactly yeah he's like yeah your point like uh, unlike cj walker yeah you, he's a point guard you expect to be able to come out the bench and provide some offense for you which will be a change of pace yeah so something there and then also uh you know joey brunk from indiana you look right now uh you know just based on on a lot of the predictions that you see and you know a lot of the teams you'll see guys in and out of their starting right. lineups but right now um you know starting uh suing and Kyle Young in their mm-hmm. front court. Uh, you know, four of their uh, five starters would be six, six to six eight, but you don't have that. You know, height exactly. So Brunk being a six eleven guy, uh, you know, seven and five at Indiana. Obviously, you know, Indiana has been a kind of a disappointing team, but looks to be a guy that can at least provide some size, especially against. You Michigan, know, Michigan, Illinois, Illinois with Kofi Cockburn. Yeah, no, I agree. I think Brunk will be a guy who, you know, yeah, I think it's going to depend on who they're playing. I don't know. You'll see a lot of him some games. Um, but I think, yeah, definitely some of those games where you got some bigger guys. He'll add Lydell. Um, like, like, you know, I was probably last year, Lydell had to spend a lot of time defending some of these large guys um, like Cockburn. And the oh, can't blank on his name. Kid out of Michigan. Um you know, who were your typical six eleven seven footers and that caused some issues. So it's going to allow Lydell to be able to play more on the perimeter where he's more comfortable. Um, you know, and with Kyle Young missing kind of the first part of this year, still recovering from his injury as well. Um, so like I said, a lot of depth. I like the depth. I like they've added some nice pieces. So, and then I, I guess, uh, you know, taking a look at their schedule, yeah, you're gonna uh, need depth with this schedule. Yeah. Well, oh think, yeah, yeah. I think a fun schedule, honestly. If you're yeah. an Ohio State fan, um, you know, one getting a chance to play, you know, three in-state opponents, including, you know, once again another one of the you know bigger guys in Ohio. They played they played Cincinnati in a home and home a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Holtman also being at Butler, played Xavier, you know, ton being oh, in yeah. conference. So. Uh, they go to Xavier, have Akron and Bowling Green at home. Also have, you know, another Big East team in Seton Hall. Play Duke at home. They have that, you know, the Champions Classic every year. They face, you know, UK. So they get two top 10 opponents, uh, you know, early in the season. So a lot of uh, intrigue, I guess. First off, what, what would be the game that you're most excited to see coming in? And how do you expect this to help the team? Yeah, um, I think coming in, you know, I still... Not sure what to think of Duke um, or Kentucky. They're both interesting, intriguing teams. Obviously, I think worthy due to their recruiting ahead. Um, you know, I think probably the one I'm going to be most excited for is probably the Kentucky game. 
I think just now living in Cincinnati too. I'm tired of there's so many damn UK fans around here. I'm so tired. Of, I'm tired of hearing about it. Um, I think that's the one I'd be most excited for. You know, I'll give Holtman this. I'm like Mata. You know, he always has a fun schedule. Ever since he's come to Iowa State, we're going to schedule a competitive non-conference schedule, and I think it's you know eventually going to work for him. And it has in the past. It's given him some opportunities to pick up some nice non-conference wins. Once you get in to what is basically a a slaughterhouse of the Big Ten once you get into that season. So it helps you build the resume a little bit. And then, uh, you know, taking a look at the conference schedule, as you mentioned, uh, I believe the Michigan player you're thinking of was uh, Hunter Dickinson. Hunter Dickinson, yep. That's exactly, uh, I was blanking you know, there. Looking at a, a Big Ten, and I would say a team, or, you know, uh, college basketball landscape in general, with a lot of guys getting that extra year of eligibility. Yeah. A lot of, you know, uh, veteran-laden talent, especially in the Big Ten. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at Ohio State's, you know, starters. Liddell's the only, you know, is the youngest starter at a junior. Everybody else is either a senior or a graduate student. Yeah. Uh, currently picked fourth in the Big Ten, uh, right now behind uh, Michigan, Purdue, and Illinois. Uh, where do you expect to see the Buckeyes at the end of the year here? Um, I don't think it's too far off. If you know you're being honest, I think, you know, I like I said, I really like the team. I think they've got a high ceiling. I think you know, but there's still a lot of things got to go right. It looks like they're going to rely on you know, like potentially Michi Johnson eventually. He's real young, around the point guard. You've got some unknowns, like you noted, and some of the transfers with Cedric Russell. How does his game translate to you know a higher level of competition consistently? Those are two of your kind of point guys there. Um. You know, I'm feeling good about it. You know, maybe a fourth place, and then maybe like another tournament run there, kind of at the end. I think that's. I think you're feeling good about yourself because Illinois is great. You know, they return that whole. Is Kofi Cockburn gonna come back? Is he transferring? He's back. That guy is a beast. Um, the Illinois is gonna be tough. Uh, Michigan's obviously gonna be tough. Um, but you think even fourth place in the Big Ten? You know, is in, in past year. You know, where they had you know. Two one seeds, couple two yeah, seeds. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna you be think, that good this year. Well, but. You, you think they could still be, you know, four or five seed, and maybe oh, yeah. running a little bit under the radar is a little bit better for them, especially you know in the tournament after last year having a tough. I mean, a great season, but you know, just a tough exit. To the they got it. They yeah. got to get out of that first weekend. Yeah, yeah, that, that's key. Um, no, I, that's what I'm saying. I think fourth place are up. You're you're feeling really good about. it. I mean, that could still be a a two seed or so, maybe depending on how things shake out. Yeah, that's that's yeah. a tough. That's going to be a tough schedule. You got to have a lot of depth. That showed last year in the tournament. What yeah. doing the, playing that Big Ten schedule does to teams. They got the a pretty light mid tiers, you know, kind of beginning to mid tier as of right now, based on rankings in the Big Ten. But really, you hit end of January where you got seven Purdue, twenty one Maryland, six Michigan. Yeah, I think there are six. Eleven Illinois, teams. Maryland again potentially Michigan State I think might be ranked by then and then Michigan again so yeah they got the last 10 games there is going to be a pretty uh pretty rough go well yeah looking at Ohio State as we mentioned things get um ready to go early um you know Akron started off Niagara Bowling Green and then the 18th welcome Xavier and uh or go to Xavier welcome Seton Hall and welcome Duke uh, going to Southwest Ohio, taking a look at the new look Cincinnati, or yeah, well, again, new look Cincinnati Bearcats. 
Uh, the Bearcats last year. Again, yeah. Kind of a disappointing season. Uh, 12 and 11, 8 and 6 in the AAC. Uh, lose huge. Do get to the AAC final, but lose huge. Um, have a lot of drama in the offseason, which we covered on some earlier episodes, but end up, uh, you know, having a bunch of players in the transfer portal, firing John Brandon, hiring uh, Wes Miller from UNC Greensboro, getting a couple of the players back, but then losing a number of players. Um, key players they lost, uh, Keith Williams, who was kind of a weird story. He was in the draft up until the last second, uh, then ended up uh, opting out of the draft. At that point, a lot of the rosters were filled. So he ends up at Western Kentucky. Uh, Tari Eason, who was probably the biggest loss, I think, of, of you know the players that were uh, leaving, um, transferred to LSU. Um, Gabe Matson, who kind of fell out of uh, the rotation earlier, ended up sitting out. Uh, he left for Utah. His brother did end up staying. Zach Harvey to Santa Barbara, and then Chris Vogt, who did like the draft thing, then Wisconsin. But he was always kind of a Brandon guy, so no one really expected to see him stay. Uh, Transfer-wise, a ton of new faces transfer-wise. Uh, I don't believe any actual freshmen this year, mostly just transfers. Some redshirt freshmen because of, once again, all the, all the COVID stuff. But they got uh, Hayden Koval, Jared Hensley, and A.J. McGinnis, all following um, Wes Miller from UNC Greensboro. Uh, John Newman who was going to transfer from Clemson to UNC Greensboro, ended up flipping to Cincinnati after uh, Miller got the job. Uh, Abdul Adu from Mississippi State and Odie Aguama from Wake Forest. Um, I believe you take a look at uh, Koval and Adu, and I believe I saw the stat early. Um, both grad transfers, uh, both near the top of active block leaders in college basketball. So, you know, a number of guys coming over, a lot of guys with some um, some size, some size, some experience, and, you know, a lot of guys following Miller over from UNC Greensboro to Cincinnati. But as we mentioned, Josh, a lot of turnover on this team. Obviously, new coach, probably new system. Uh, I don't think they have any guys with uh, Diara and Williams being gone from the McCronin days anymore, but taking a look from the top, what are your what are your feelings on this roster as it's kind of been reshaped and kind of meshed together after what was a little bit of a whirlwind uh, offseason for at least those first couple weeks. Yeah, and you're gonna get you're gonna get some some guys that have been been around for a little bit and that uh you'll expect good things out of uh like micah adams woods jeremiah davenport will like to see the next step get taken there in his junior year and then david julius also coming back the michigan transfer uh but i'm more excited for the new guys i guess you could still count jeremiah davenport as one of the new young guys uh but like Mike Saunders, like showed some great flashes of brilliance last year. I'm really looking forward to watching him play this year and seeing if these guys can take the next step. Victor Locken, hopefully get to see some of him this year. Mason Madsen, the both sophomores there. You want to see those guys, you know, temper expectations. I'm more looking forward to watching these young kids play. And then can we put it together against some some tough games on their schedule, actually? Yeah, and I mean, uh, you know, they have 
Um, a couple of their top scorers, I believe three of their top scorers returning. Uh, lost Williams, but keeping Davenport, the junior, the uh, Julius, the senior guard, and then Micah Adams-Woods, uh, you know, three of their starters returning. Uh, had Matson, who kind of came on late as the uh, sharpshooter. Mike Saunders, as you mentioned, who was kind of, he only he only says he averaged three and a half points per game, but he was kind of out of the rotation early and then, you know, kind of got back in and played and, more of the spark plug. Yes, role more of the spark year. plug role late. Uh, the one thing I, I think uh, Zach kind of said it earlier, I'm interested to see what they're going to do with all these big guys. Uh, you know, got two seniors in. Koval, who was a, I believe he started at Central Arkansas, uh, transferred to UNC Greensboro, uh, now at Cincinnati. Abdul Adu, who was at Mississippi State, he averaged, uh, he's averaged almost two blocks per game in his career. Um, you've got Odie Aguama, who's a junior from Wake Forest, has also played some of that high-level basketball. And then kind of the, this weird unknown in Victor Lockin. When you heard about everybody moving, whether people were going to stay or go, Lockin wasn't really mentioned. He was a guy that, you know, sat out last year, had some knee injuries, and then with, you know, COVID and everything, never really got back. But, you know, the Russian, he's 6'11", he's got good size, uh, you know, did play in the FIBA U18 championship, yeah. played against some solid European teams and whatnot, you know, U.S. and or American and European teams. Average 10 and 7 there. So a guy that certainly has some skill will be interested to see how they rotate everybody in here. Because, I mean, the one thing that you see is, you know, the new players, senior, senior, junior, junior, a couple sophomores as far as Jared Hensley and A.J. McGinnis. Hensley, one of the highest ranked people UNC Greensboro has ever gotten. But, you know, no freshmen, a lot of upperclassmen. It's going to be interesting to see how Wes Miller is able to handle all of those guys and their playing time. Yeah, I think, you know, you just want to kind of see how the younger guys are going to play. And then, you know, hopefully, hopefully by the time we're at a crosstown shootout here in a month, uh, Saturday, December 11th at the Centos Center in Norwood, uh, hopefully by there. then, hopefully by then you're starting to figure out how Wes Miller is going to mesh this team together, how the, how the pieces, all the different units and schemes that he's going to use here because I think you do have an interesting like you brought up a lot of big guys that you could do interesting things with and you're going to be going up against some teams here you got 11th ranked Illinois uh on the yeah. or on the road but neutral site game there yeah uh, could, just a what two weeks from now Monday night yeah so. you could yeah. have to face and you could have to face you know back-to-back nights it's uh the Hall of Fame the classic Hall of Fame, yeah so uh depending on how the other results go you could face, you know, a Kansas State team that you'll have to play here in a couple of years in the Big Ten, or Big an 12. Arkansas team, or Big Twelve, Big How Ten. How dare you? <laughs> Whatever they are. Well, the Big Twelve has ten teams. Big Ten has fourteen teams. Yeah. What's going on here? Or an Arkansas team that uh, has been rolling on the must bus well, recently. You got Georgia too. Also have Georgia. I mean, they're uh, and they had know, a good run Xavier, last year. Yeah. So uh, a lot of really you know, solid teams um, and some ability with some, you know, some ups and some downs, three of their first four games for some lower competition, Evansville, Alabama A&M, the blue hose of Presbyterian, you know, some chances to kind of figure out that lineup, but you're also going to have some early tests to kind of figure out where your team's at. I think 
based on how the team is this year, I think it was kind of a smart schedule to get yeah. some tough games, but not, you know, maybe not go quite as big as Ohio State did with all the roster turnover. Well, and let's not forget, we got a we got a tough conference here. I mean, at yeah. the, the American in basketball is at the very least one of the more entertaining conferences out there. I think Memphis, basketball, but Houston. you'll have Memphis and Houston both. Houston looking to do the encore off their Final Four <laughs> presentation. Memphis is supposed to be a scary, yeah. scary good squad both, this year. Both Final Four contenders, really. If you look at Houston bringing back, you know, a number of their players, uh, losing, you know, Quentin Grimes, but still a number of guys. Um, Memphis has. Uh, you know, a huge recruiting class, number of top guys, including uh, Imani Bates, who was, who reclassified. He's been a guy that's been, you know, talked about as the next big thing yeah. since he was about, you know, probably 12 or 14. So he's been a name that's been floating around. Uh, a lot of really talented players. Right now, Cincinnati picked in the 11 teams in the AAC, uh, they're picked sixth behind houston memphis and then there's kind of that second clump of smu wichita and ucf so josh taking a look at this season you know obviously as bearcat fans you you have those high hopes for your season you know i i don't think maybe some bearcat fans have higher hopes than others different years and whatnot but what would be a successful year for you as a Bearcat fan? Obviously, a difficult year, a difficult situation. Oh, yeah. A bunch of transfers. A lot of people like the West Miller hire, but they kind of feel like, you know, the club is a couple years away from really figuring out some things. Got some, you know, some four-star talent coming in next year. Where do you think the Bearcats will finish and, and what would be a success? Yeah, I think with I think with like you mentioned there, I think next year is the year to look at for true expectations. I think this year, like I've been saying, you just kind of want to watch these you know new guys and see how they're going to do. You're going to watch guys like Jeremiah Davenport and see if they're going to make the next jump. Um, I think having a winning record. Uh, let's not forget the team last year somehow pulled out. The champ, the ACC championship, and uh, still got to the tournament somehow. Um, you know, so I don't think it's out of the question for them to do that. Uh, but I don't think that needs to be the bar. Um, no. I think I think you know, hanging in in some of those close games because you you look at the games like last year, it, like like take Houston for example. This year, I'd like to see the Bearcats not get completely stomped on in those games. Yeah, At yeah. least be competitive. Show that you're still the scrappy, competitive Cincinnati Bearcats basketball program yeah. that you've built You've built that program on. Well, he said, I think Wes Miller said all the right things. I think he, he brought out a, an old Mick Cronin saying here all the time. This program isn't for everybody. He said that like 100 times this offseason. So yeah. he's all about that culture. Yeah, and, I, I, like, I just want to see that return. Yeah. And I think... You know, it's kind of weird because I, I want to say I, I hope they're fun to watch again. And they weren't always fun to watch even during the Mick Cronin, <laughs> no, you know, rock fight ugly. era. But I think, as you mentioned, staying competitive in games, you know, beating some teams that they're supposed to beat and just, I don't know, kind of looking like a cohesive unit. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you never really felt like there was a John. I mean, you never really felt like there was a John Brandon culture under Huggins. No. There was an identity. The 
and a Kennedy one year. It was kind of weird. But during McCronin, you know, you could see he was building an identity. Yeah. Obviously, he started from uh, even a much worse position than what Wes oh, Miller's yeah. at right now. But building a culture there and just building a team where you can go, all right, I can see, I can see what he's doing right now. I can see these guys growing. He's not going to be happy with being a middle of the road, you know, team. But this is where we're starting. So I think he has the ability to do it. I think he's, you know, an excellent coach. Uh, hearing the interviews with him, said the right things. You know, he was a guy that was in the conversation for the UNC job. Uh, you know, I think he's going to be a a very good fit mm-hmm. at Cincinnati. Well, guys, uh, let's not leave the small guys out. I don't think we need to go through. Let's we don't have enough time to go through everything. Uh, but is there any, uh, you know, outside of Columbus and Cincinnati, is there anyone jumping out at you uh, from the mid-majors? Well, uh, I think the first thing, as I'm sure we're all excited to talk about, uh, well, so Zach might be. What? Uh, what? 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 The other, I guess, quote-unquote major conference team in Ohio, Xavier, finished, picked uh, to finish third in the Big East behind Villanova and UConn, uh, returning their top seven scores and uh, getting two big 10 transfers, uh, Jack Nudge from Iowa and Jerome Hunter from Indiana. But taking a look at this Xavier team, you know, since Chris Mack has left and Travis Steele has been here, kind of been a disappointing team. You know, last year missed the tournament, 2020. I think they lost at St. John's in that tournament. That probably would have, you know, eliminated them had the tournament been had. If Xavier has another disappointing year, and they have, you know, some expectations, probably expected to be a tournament team, do you think Steele's on the hot seat if Xavier doesn't perform this year? Uh, 100%. Yeah, I think, especially when you look at, you know, the Big East and everything, you got to be able to compete in the Big East. You don't you don't last long in, in with those teams if you can't perform in that conference. Oh, no. Um, you know, it's a I think, basketball conference. That's what they do. Right. Yeah. That's, that's what that's Xavier what it is. does. Yeah. They might as well not have any other sports. They've got that ugly ass arena thing they got that literally their campus is centered around. Yeah. It, like they just look yeah. like a giant Drury in basically. So. It, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got, if you cannot hang with, uh, I mean, first off, you've got Villanova and uh, UConn, but then, you, I mean, Creighton, Marquette, I mean, these these are some good teams that you've shown. That's the thing that when you look at Xavier and what's different from them and their identity is they don't look as competitive in those games within the Big East, and that's the problem yeah. that's lighting the fire under that hot seat. Yeah, and I mean, you look at, you know, Chris Mack uh, was the coach first five years in the Big East, last, uh, you know, uh, four years in the A-10, I mean, from basically from the time Thad Mata started in 2001-2002, they made it to the tournament every year except for 2013, which was uh, Xavier's last year before moving to the Big East. Um, in Travis Seals, three years, they went to the NIT. Um, they were, I mean, they were likely going to miss the tournament in 2020 had it been held they were eight and ten and you know lost in the first round of the tournament and then finished six and seven not in the tournament last year so you know looking for a team that has had you know at least making it to the tournament success pretty much since you know thad motto was there 
you know, four straight years without a tournament appearance, especially when you have, you know, this many people coming back. That's a, a long time. You have to expect. All right, going from Xavier to uh, just a little bit north of Cincinnati. You know, that city that's just, uh, just, you north, that? of, just north of Centerville. Oh, you mean the one that'll eventually just be part of Cincinnati as the way we're going? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, according to Josh, I believe uh, is it Dayton? Just north Dayton, of Dayton. Uh, Centerville, north or just of north Centerville. of Centerville? Yeah, just south, north of Centerville. South of Piqua. South, south of, of Piqua. It is the Flyers. Now, of course, the Flyers uh, got probably one of the worst breaks a team has ever gotten. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, in the 2020 yeah. tournament, uh, there was no stopping Obi Toppin. By anything except for the tournament getting and it canceled. wasn't just Obi Toppin. That was a good. That was a great team. Yeah. So and a lot of pieces. Uh, you know. Yeah. Last year, uh, a little bit of a step back for Dayton. Uh, this year, picked fourth in the A10 behind uh, St. Bonaventure, St. Louis, and Richmond. Uh, they did lose their their kind of uh, Robin to Obi Toppin's Batman in Jalen Crutcher. Uh, only one starter coming back. I uh, do have some guys, you know, on the way, including Tumani Kamara from Georgia. Taking a look at this Dayton team, I mean, do you think they have the ability to make some noise in the A10, catch lightning in the bottle again, or? Hard to say. I don't know. Everything I've read, you know, sounds like Bonavich is a real deal. Um, I think they're generally one of the, you know, a lot of those. Um, publications do like kind of your mid-major top rankings and they're usually right up there one or two um not saying you know Dayton couldn't end up you know making a little run there but um I think it's definitely going to be a little bit of a a rebuild there if you will that's pretty typical um like you said just completely unfortunate for them you know what happened a couple years ago or yeah a couple years ago really yeah taking a look at you know some of the predictions that I've I've seen they kind of have St. Bonaventure in that kind of tier by themselves. Yeah. Usually, you know, the A10 is anywhere from, I would say, like a one to three bid conference. So you're kind of looking that second to that Richmond, St. Louis, Dayton, VCU. Mm-hmm. It's probably four teams hoping for maybe a spot or two in the tournament. Uh, do have, you know, lost a whole lot, but do have, you know, freshman Duran Holmes, who's a solid player. Uh, as we mentioned, Tumani Kamara coming from Georgia. Do have some guys, you know, uh, Kamara was picked potentially preseason to be the newcomer of the year. You have St. Bonaventure there. It's one of those things that, you know, you're going to have to put everything together. And unfortunately for them, like you mentioned, you know, it's hard to catch lightning in the bottle, you know, twice. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's going to... I mean, even as none of us were Dayton fans, that that's a bummer that's though. Worse. We I was excited it's, for that. That was supposed to be, I mean, Ohio State was looking good going to that tournament. That was looking like a real nice uh Yeah. Nice year. Uh even I mean, even Cincinnati was one of those yeah. teams that, you know, was kind of playing themselves uh, you know, back into tournament oh, yeah. They were kind of I mean, I think Cincinnati Xavier, both on the bubble, uh Ohio State was in, Dayton was gonna be a one seed, uh some solid teams all the way around. Good. Um Going from teams to, I guess, one of our favorite conferences. Maction. Maction. Uh, looking at some of the predictions, all six of the 
Ohio teams, you know, I saw picked in the top seven or eight. Buffalo looks to be leading the way, but you know, an Ohio team, even without Jason Preston, I'm all back, I'm all in on the I'm all in like Bobcats. I'm riding that train. I think what Jeff Bowles has done there. Um, they still got Ben Vanderplas. Yeah, they got Vanderplas. I mean, Jason was really one of the uh, Jason guys Carter lost. from yeah. Xavier, formerly from Ohio, from now Ohio. from Xavier again. Um, but yeah, they they added some pieces. Um, yeah, I mean, I think obviously the Preston lost. You know. Everybody saw coming, obviously, but that that's a bummer. But I think what they did last year and, you know, Jeff Bowles from the Thad Mata coaching tree, I think, and he's, you know, that's his school. Um, I'm riding that train all the way. But I do think, you know, Buffalo's rightfully, they got the Twin Towers down there. They're two forwards. They, you know, I think that's probably the way it's going to go, but. You know, you, gotta, you never know. I mean, you got to win be, those games. I think you got to win Ohio them. Can, uh, if Ohio can I think win Ohio one of those games, very much they, has the talent. It's going to be a, yeah, definitely. I mean, let's not forget that a lot of these mid-majors like the MAC, where anything can happen. Oh, in yeah. Action, you know, you have a team like Buffalo that could easily win the regular season title. But, but then, then tournament up in Cleveland, man, things get weird. Exactly. Uh, no, you're right. And I mean, you know, MAC, you know, we, we talk about MAC action, obviously, in football, but I mean basketball is where the Mac is at. That is what they're known for. They've, they've generally fielded some pretty good, you know, Akron used to be a really great um, program, kind of fallen on a little bit of hard times there. But, you know, this is where they can play with the big boys at yeah. times. So, Yeah, I mean, you look, you know, in past years, you've had Ohio be a, a Sweet 16 a sweet team. Six, not that long ago, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, you know, even looking at uh, Bowling Green has, has kind of reworked their team, but... You know, they have um, a couple guys, Samari Curtis. Yeah. I mean, they showed uh, they could hang with the Buckeyes last year. The former, um, I believe Samari Curtis was the former um, UC commit who went to Nebraska, who went to Evansville, <laughs> who went to, uh, who I guess is now at Bowling Green. Uh, you know, 10 points last year. Um, got a couple starters, you know, got four or five guys off the bench. A whole lot of senior-laden talent, so uh, Plus don't we, put yourself past the Falcons. We got a couple fun games for you. Oh, you're going to talk about a fun non-conference schedule. Uh, they go to Kentucky Ooh. in a couple weeks, and then they're at LSU at the begin first day of December. So, um, some interesting games there, though. I mean, I play Belmont. That's always you know good one. Cleveland State, Robert Morris. You talk about you talk about. Uh, you know, teams that'll take off in the regular season, though, but can't come up with that conference championship. Let's not forget our little brother peeking out over the horizon. Uh, (laughs) Those teams, we've got multiple Ohio contenders in there, and the team I'm referring to, Wright State, has won the regular season for the past three years. And they've shown that they are that, that big powerhouse. I found out researching this that only purdue operates through the post more than Wright state so i mean they have become this powerhouse for those mid-major big guys yeah and they've shown that they can they can certainly do it winning the last three regular seasons but they have no tournament appearance to show for it there's always always something cold-blooded about the fact that these mid-majors have to play with that auto bid coming from the the yeah, conference it's been championship. For them. That's so tough. But I mean, what I like about Cleveland State is that they are virtually a team of all seniors roaring back for 
you know, who knows how long uh, Dennis Gates is going to be there because he's just put on a master class at turning around a program. Yeah, after a team that was pretty much oh, left yeah. for dead. That after, was crazy. Uh, Dennis Felton left, uh, you know, half the, I think like 90% of the roster was gone. But, you know, you look right now, they're starting lineup, redshirt senior, senior, redshirt senior, redshirt senior, senior, redshirt senior, redshirt senior, redshirt senior, <laughs> senior. All guys I mean, that complement each other too with the coach that's probably not going to two-time Horizon League coach of the year that's probably not going to be there anymore. This is going to be a team with a lot of inspiration, a lot to play for, and a lot of experience. And you know what they say in tournament time. Oh yeah, you need that experience. Yeah, and they, you know, they have those guys that you know have the experience. Um, they have a sol- solid depth, and I think that's what Dennis Gates is so good at. You know, one of those he's. he's one of those great recruiters, mm-hmm. you know, in a small team. He's gotten, you know, uh, three transfers, all seniors coming off the bench. I mean, a guy with Pacific in Brock uh, Finston who had, you know, averaged 11-6 and six last year. He's coming off the bench for Cleveland State. Uh, so when you have, you know, those strong bonds, you're a team that gets better over the course of the year. You're certainly someone that can uh, cause some, um, you know, caused some trouble here for for teams they were a team that you know was able to make it all the way to um the tournament and and i will say i misspoke cleveland state did this offseason extend gates through the 2026 2027 season but i mean they've got a fun i mean yeah, we'll, get right the, the the, bat. well we got right doesn't. off the yeah yeah but we got right off the bat here uh they'll be taking on ohio the bobcats the contender for the mac taking on contender for the horizon that's a pretty underrated ohio matchup there, and if you considering you if many of you don't forget from last year ohio i believe had something like a 40 to nothing run yes against yeah, cleveland right. state yeah. last year so yeah. cleveland state you know kind of turned from even last year doormat into tournament team so and they, they've you got know, a- I, you would doubt that they would forget about a game like that so that <laughs> might I, that, that might no. be a game to put on the calendar they've got a good as uh, they've got other great um ohio matchups too they got uh the penguins in there as well um but then they kent also state. kent state and then they also have uh they'll go on the road to oklahoma state and then they'll go to duke um or in mid-december so i mean this is a team I mean, putting Duke on your schedule mid-December, this is a team that's got something to prove. And, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, they're, they're one of my favorites to watch, I think, as far as those little guys go in Ohio. So uh, I guess before we get out of here, just, you know, we've kind of gone through all the tournament or all the teams. Obviously, uh, big Cincinnati fans and Zach, big Ohio State fan. Um one team that you're looking forward to watch that maybe isn't, you know, the Buckeyes or the Bearcats, Zach. Or is that like nationally? Well, I mean in Ohio. Oh, in Ohio. Well, I think I, sorry, I hate to like repeat here that I would have saved OU. Yeah, I'm excited to see OU. Yeah, that's fun. They're a great team. I think, like I said, what Jeff Bowles built there, you know, it was even outside Preston, honestly. You know, what he did last year, I think they're, like Vanderplus, the shoe guy. Vanderplus, yeah, yeah exactly. I, yeah, that's who I'm excited to see. I'm definitely going to be following them closely. Uh, Josh, what about you? I'll be following uh, Lady Bobcats, too. Pick to yeah. uh, win the, the MAC uh, for the women's side of uh, basketball. Um, but I, I know I was harping on Cleveland State a lot, but I'm really excited to watch Wright State. Um, I'll, be up, I'll be up there this uh, week, actually, for work and uh, 
get get to see some Raiders practice probably. But I mean, this is a team that's got to do it, man. You gotta you gotta get yourself into the tournament. You've got you've had way too much to show for that and not getting there the past couple of seasons. I really want to see Wright State come conference tournament time actually get this thing for once. Uh, I, I think mine's going to be the team that we just talked about. I think the Cleveland State Vikings, uh, you know, maybe a little bit biased, uh, you know, have, have a decent amount of family that were former Vikings, but just seeing what Dennis Gates has done with this team and, you know, Cleveland State, uh, you know, does have some, some interesting history, some ups oh, yeah. and downs, coaches, you know, getting caught with Coke, uh, upsetting Syracuse and everything in between. Uh, so I feel like they're a team that, once again, when they get there, if they get the right matchup in the tournament, you know, in the, in, the, uh, in the Horizon League and if they can make it to the big tournament, when you have senior after senior after senior after senior, you get a team that maybe is a little bit nervous, it could be a real nail-biter. So I'm interested to see how the Vikings are going to do uh, the rest of this year. So I think that'll just about do it. Um, Buckeyes looking to make a, make, make a tournament run. Bearcats looking to just take a step forward and a few teams doing everything in between. Uh, I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, any final words, guys? College basketball season is here. Mick Cronin, more consistent than it. No, I'm sorry. That's, Whoa. <laughs> that's John Ross. Follow that up. <laughs> I'm just I'm just glad it's back. John I'll Ross. be I'll let you guys know how I feel in January once college football season's over, is all I'm gonna say. <laughs> yeah, well once the once, There's a few fun games to watch here though, coming up. Yeah, once the once college football is over and you start to get into the meat and potatoes, or a high stake gets gonna, knocked out, then I'll be all in. We're gonna circle back <laughs> around and, and kind of see where all the teams are at. Well, I think that's gonna do it for us. Once again, shout out to all of the listeners, and uh, shout out to Grainworks. What's in the middle? Cookies and cream stout, the beer we've been enjoying for the shows. Be sure to check out our Tuesday show where we discuss the Battle of Ohio and the college football playoff. That'll do it for us. Be on the lookout for next week's show. If you didn't remember, possibly next week, because of the Battle of Ohio, Josh has a little bet to pay up. That's right, yeah. So be on the lookout for that. And guys, that one, uh, pretty crazy to say this, but that one will be our 75th episode. Oh, what? We we should all be drinking Magnums. Throw a party. (laughs) Give me some Mickeys. Get some old English in here. Get it on the table. Alrighty, well, that's going to do it for us. For Zach on the opinions, good, bad, or otherwise. See ya. For Josh on the ones and twos. Go Bobcats. I'm Greg. Thank you so much for listening to another edition of 30 Rack of Sports. Peace. Peace.